Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is going on, everybody? Jamie Shaw here. I am joined by my co host, Scott Spinelli. This is the breakdown. Scott, how's it going? Excellent, Jamie. Nice seeing you today. Again, thanks for uh, having me. Look forward to this session on Pitt. This has been great, man. This is the last one we've gone through. The entire ACC, Pittsburgh, is the last one that we have. In case you haven't checked in with us before, I want to go through who I am. I want to go through who Scott is. Let us introduce ourselves and why you're listening to us talk about these teams. My name is Jamie Shaw. I am a national recruiting analyst at Rivals.com. I also am the author of one of the largest scouting reports in the country, the ABC Scouting Report. Scott, tell them who you are. Jamie, I've had an opportunity uh, to coach at every level of basketball. Uh, blessed to have been worked for a lot of wonderful people, as well as guys who uh, taught me so much about basketball, great basketball minds. Um, with that, you know, I started as a prep school coach at two different prep programs where I was a head coach. Started the Winchardin School, which, you know, we were fortunate to play, uh, coach a lot of players who went on to play at some really good Division One places. And then I've coached every level of basketball in terms of Division One. Uh, come up the ranks the old-fashioned way, as well as getting some pro experience um, and also being a head coach uh, interim in the ACC uh, last year. So kind of done the whole gamut, Jamie, and uh, really have enjoyed the journey thus far and look forward to, you know, um, the future too. Before we embark here on Pittsburgh, as I mentioned before, this is our final entry into the ACC. So make sure you go back and listen to the previous episodes if you enjoy what we're saying here about Pittsburgh. Also, too, be sure to subscribe uh, to this podcast when you're listening to it on the podcast or you're or watching it on YouTube. Um, and uh, leave in the comments below what you think of this Pittsburgh program. We're eager to hear from you. We want to be interactive. Well, let's jump right into Pittsburgh here. They're, they are coming off of a 10-12 and 12 season last year, 12th in the ACC. They're off to a 2-5 and five start this year. The big thing about their roster is they lost four of their best players. They're four leading scorers off of that last year team. Justin Champini uh, did the NBA thing. You have Xavier Johnson who transferred out, Trey McGowan's, Audisi Tony all transferred out and having varying levels of success at their new spots. Jeff Capel enters his fourth year at Pitt, 42 and 53 overall as the head coach. He was previously at Oklahoma where he was 96 and 69 in his five years there. And then at VCU where he had a lot of success, 79 and 41 in four years. Obviously, Pittsburgh, the city, blue collar, tough, all that type of stuff. What do you know about Jeff Capel, uh, Scott? Obviously, you having been the interim head coach last year at Boston College, coaching the ACC for the last ten years. This Pittsburgh program, what does what does Jeff Capel bring to the city, and what will he need to do in order to kind of right the ship? Well, first of all, you know you can't help but have a lot of respect for Coach Capel as a coach and a person. Um, you know, I, I've had the um, fortunate. Um, I say misfortune at times to coach against him, even back when he was at Oklahoma, I was at uh, both Nebraska and at Texas A&M uh, during that time. And so got a chance to really watch coach Capel over the years, his teams. And obviously he's brought that same mindset to Pitt. And that is, he's a hard nosed, tough minded, uh, you know, coach where his teams really get after it defensively. Um, the one thing that really stood out, you know, from, his days at Oklahoma and competing with them there. And obviously the years at Boston college is how hard they play. And, you know, to your point, they've taken on the personality of kind of a Pittsburgh blue collar, uh, tough, tough uh, steel city 
where, again, everything's about appreciation in terms of hard work and effort. And I think his teams have always been that way. Um, this year's team, Pitt, is no different. Unfortunately, they've lost some kids through the transfer portal and obviously the NBA, Champagne. And you know, they're still relatively young trying to formulate an identity. But make no mistake about it, Coach Cable is an excellent coach, one who really gets his team to play hard on the defensive end of the floor. Looking through this team, looking through this roster, they have a lot of youth. Also within that youth, they do have an all-league caliber type of player with John Hughley. Um, he's averaging 16 points, eight rebounds per game this year. Big, girthy post player um, who can do it inside and out um, while making plays and everything. What, do, what does Capel have in John Hughley? Well, he, what he has is a, a kind of a guy that is built – to be a back-to-the-basket kid, uh, but in turn, um, through their, you know, Coach Cable and his staff, strength coach, have developed this young man to not only being a guy that can score in close, in deep, in the post by using that, you know, body of his. He's 6'9", legitimate, 280, um, but he can also step away from the basket, shoot it from the three. Um, he'll take you from the perimeter and perimeter to post, meaning he'll take you face up to back you in. Uh, got a plethora of moves down there. Um, so he's a kid that has been developed offensively and defensively. You know, again, he rebounds the ball. Um, he's got great hands. He goes after the ball on offense in terms of the glass, too. Uh, you know, he's a space wedge rebounder in terms of being able to get his body into guys. Uh, and he creates space that way, especially on the offensive glass. So, again, a, a kid that really uh, can do it at all three levels um, at being 6'9", 280. A lot of talk in these ACC podcasts about guard play. They return two guards that are veteran guys. Um, one of them, still Femi Odekele, is still very young as a sophomore, but he had experience last year. Both of them have size, length, um, and defensive mindsets. Jamarius Burton, he is a senior who came from first at Wichita State, Texas Tech, strong big guard. And you have Femi Odekele who can pass it, but he can also score the ball very well, lengthy and all that type of stuff. What are we seeing in this Pittsburgh backcourt this season? Well, what you have is great overall team size and strength coupled with physicality. And I think, again, sticking to the identity of a Coach Capel-type team, you know, those are the type of guys that he's always had in this program. Uh, and those two young men, you know, fit that description perfectly. Obviously, Femi, I've known, I've seen him up here in prep school, uh, you know, a kid that is a offensive um, juggernaut. He can do a lot of different things offensively for you to help you win. And he's a very willing passer too. He, he will make his teammates better and make the right play. Um, again, you know, still, still figuring out, I, I think some of his, uh, what, what his role is, especially with those kids you mentioned leaving, um, Champagne in particular, but Look for him to be a guy that continues to improve and evolve offensively. Uh, he's very skilled and he's got a lot of ability. Uh, you know, Burton, you mentioned another kid that is very similar. Great size, strength to him, physicality. Again, I think the key word for both those guys is their versatility, uh, being able to do different things, not only on offense from all three levels, uh, but defensively too, do a lot of switching with those two guys. But yeah, um, again, great overall size and versatility with those two young men. So far throughout this podcast, uh, words like physicality, versatility, switching, uh, tough, blue collar, all that type of stuff has been brought up already to this point. That ties us in to their defensive identity and the type of identity 
that Capel is trying to bring to this team, being a big, physical, strong, versatile, defensive type of uh, team. Take us through the identity on defense and then show us some clips as to uh, what they're trying to accomplish on the defensive end of the floor. Well, it first and foremost starts, as you mentioned, Jamie, with their defense. And, you know, what I like to do is just make sure before we get into the clips, it's just, you know, explain that, look, you know, Pittsburgh has no, um, you know, problem with playing you in a possession game. They will play you and take you deep into the shot clock and guard you for the entire possession, 30 seconds, um, as well as offensively be as patient uh, as they need to be. So when you're playing Pittsburgh, for the most part, it's going to be a half-court type team, uh, and it's going to be a half-court type game. So with that, I'd like to get into their defense and this first clip and really kind of show you how, how it all begins with Pittsburgh, and that is as any great man defense starts, it starts with great pressure on the basketball, and you better be ready when you play against Pitt. Here's a possession here defensively where you can see all the Pitt defenders in a stance. Again, this is typical shell stuff, but you can see the team is seeing both the ball in their man uh, as well as guarding the basketball the correct way. And on this case, in this case, you see communication occur uh, on a switch where they screen down on the bottom guy and they just communicate and switch that out. Pretty good communication right there. Now on the pass, you're going to see a high hand, two hand, high hand close where now the offense catches the ball and drives it. Here's your airplane technique. And now you see the pit defender who's the ultimate help guy, you know, kind of get outside the paint. Maybe could have got a little bit more, but he helps in that situation. And now it turns into almost on the backside, you have two offensive players and one pit defender. And you can see here, the pit defender has great recognition from like the top of the key area. And he just takes the pass and then watch the awareness. Now this was the pit defender who helped from the ultimate help side position, see that he has to recover and he gets to the ball. Again, for young players watching, you do not stop playing defense on a possession. You keep communicating and pursuing the basketball, and you want to always be covering ground. Here's a great clip where he now gets the ball. He backs it out. It's late clock, so they switch kind of like a 1-5 switch situation. And now you can see the big guy here running with him. Airplane technique stays between him and the basket forces him into a skip pass, another good close. And again, as we've talked about, top foot, high hand contest, those percentages go in your favor. Everybody boxes out and they finish possession with rebound. This next possession with, with Pitt is going to kind of talk a little bit about uh, positioning as it relates to ball screen coverage. And uh, they do a really good job here. Uh, of creating some offense through their defense. And here's what it looks like. So in this case here, you're going to see the offensive man coming up the floor. You're going to see kind of a random uh, double drag, we call that ball screen, where the pit defender just punches over. Little support there showing flat just in case, but good communication. And again, for young players who are recovering off ball screens, it is important. It is imperative. It is key for you to recover to your man, try to square him up as quickly as you can to get those hands high so he can't make a direct pass. 
Here he actually uh, is in a situation where he puts his hands high, and now the pit off defender here guarding the slot is kind of stunting. You can see him almost touch the ball, and you'll see the pit defender now kind of recover through the stunt, and the corner offensive player now is coming up, and the pit defender chases him, gets through the ball screen. Now it turns into a little random side ball screen where, again, because the defender for Pitt gets his hands high, it gives the Pitt defender who's guarding that weak side positioning in the corner time to recover to that charge circle, and he intercepts the ball. It will not read in the box score that the Pitt defender who had his hands high caused that steal. But if you're watching the game and you truly understand what happens, uh, that pit defender is equally as responsible or should be getting just as much credit for that steal as the pit defender who actually was guarding that weak side corner man who recovered and got there. Little things matter when it comes to defensive uh, positioning. And again, there's no secret why some teams are excellent defensively every year because they do all the little things. And that's a great example of a little thing. And coming off of the defensive end, as, as we know, you got to have rim protection. You got to have bigs and all that. Mamadou Gay, he's a Stony Book transfer, fifth year senior, um, averaging 1.1 blocks per game, 6'9, 210 of a player. Explain Mamadou Gay to us and what he's bringing to the floor. Well, watching Mamadou uh, during his time at Stony Brook, I remember watching specifically like the Virginia game, Stony Brook last year, uh, you know, gave them all that they could handle. And he's a kid with exceptional length, athleticism, and great skill for somebody his size. And, you know, we talked about this before, Jamie, and some of the other previous shows. The thing about him is just trying to get uh, acclimated and comfortable you know, with the role uh, of what Pittsburgh is going to need him to do. But I think as the season goes and, you know, he understands how important it is to defend in a coach capable type team system, um, he's only going to get more comfortable on the offense then because this is a young man that can do it at all three levels. He, you know, he can finish at the rim, elite over you, athletic, uh, use the rim as a shield. He's crafty as well as step away, um, and shoot the three-point shot. And he does have a capable mid-range game, too. So, again, you're talking – and he's an excellent rebounder, especially on the offensive end. He uses his length. He gets in there, and he comes from the perimeter and chases that offensive uh, that rebound down. So, uh, a kid that I think is only going to get better as he starts understanding a little bit more how hard he has to play defensively in this system. Another player, another young player, is kind of an X-factor for this team. <clears throat> six foot seven, 210 pound William Jeffries. Uh, he's playing 32 minutes a game, 6.6 rebounds per game. What are you seeing from Jeffries and what type of steps uh, could we see him possibly taking this season? Well, again, another young man who brings great versatility, uh, you know, to, to the pit program, you can do a lot of different things with him. Um, you know, he's got the potential to be a three level scorer, um, you know, and we, you know, talking about him and Burton, they're both willing passers they're both guys that will make the right play um you know and on the offensive then in terms of his ability to make shots he can do it from the three-point line he's a lot more aggressive uh in terms of draw he puts foul pressure on the defense um you know his percentage right now isn't what it needs to be from the three 
but again, you know, he's a kid that is very capable from, from out there too. Um, and one thing about him that I really like, uh, you know, you watch Pitt, you know, he's their top minute guy. And I think that speaks to his intensity defensively. I think he really uh, embraces um, and accepts the coaching of Coach Capel and their staff as he is a guy that really gets after you too defensively. Um, so, again, complete player, somebody that is just evolving and just going to continue to get better. And another guy, a freshman, another young player that they have with versatility, Nate Santos. He's their noted sharpshooter. He's leading the team in three-point attempts per game with four threes per game, six foot seven um, out of the Loomis Chafee School. Um, what can we expect from Nate this season? And then looking forward with his career, what can you see him turning into? Well, I tell you what, he's just uh, he's just oozing with that word potential. He's got a tremendous upside to him. Um, as you mentioned, you know, Jamie, when you watch him shoot the ball, you think it's going in every time from the three-point line. Um, I, I think as he uh, gets a little bit more acclimated to the speed of the Division One game, you know, leading into the ACC, um, he gets a little bit more comfortable with how hard you have to play defensively um, and, you know, plays every possession. His percentages and his uh, point uh, per game uh, are all going to go up. But, yeah, he's uh, got a tremendous three-point stroke um, and a kid that I think in time – with more strength, with more conditioning, is going to be somebody that could be that type of um, major difference maker for Pitt uh, in the future. Listening to a lot of the key words that we have here, length, versatility, athleticism, we know how that translates on the defensive end and the identity they're trying to bring there. This offensive team, how, how will they need to play and how does Capel try to play on the offensive end of the floor and take us through some of the, uh, his sets that he runs and tries to get to. Well, throughout coach Capel's time, you know, going back to when he coached uh, Blake Griffin at Oklahoma, you know, he's also, he's always done a really good job at playing his guys to their strengths, meaning, you know, he will create a matchup problem uh, to his advantage on offense in a lot of the stuff that he runs very simple stuff. Um, but again, it, it's for a purpose and it's for a reason. And as a coach, you can't help but applaud that because, again, he's playing his guys to their strengths. They're playing to their strengths. And at the same time, he's trying to exploit those strengths to create a matchup uh, on the other end of the floor. So what I'd like to get into right now is just exactly how he does that with some simplicity um, but at the same time, understanding how to create a matchup problem, almost that NBA type mindset. And Coach Capel does it as well as anybody. So here's this first offensive clip that I like to show. In this first possession, we're going to show you off a missed shot, you know, what Pitt does. And again, anytime there's an opportunity for them to score in transition, they will do it. Here's a simple, you know, kind of like a, a little outlet where you can see how hard the pit offensive players are running and how wide they are. A great teaching point for coaches and players where everybody is doing their job and there's sort of a communication, a quiet communication, uh, an understood communication through practice habits where everybody runs their lanes. And because of that, the defense on Minnesota is really spread out here and the five man who actually was 
kind of the trail guy here, just kept running right to the front of the rim. And with the Minnesota defenders being occupied on the weak side, the stack side, they just throw the ball inside for an easy basket. Again, doesn't look like it's too complicated because it really isn't, but it's more of the effort that each one of those pit players uh, made in terms of doing their job and running wide to their spots. In this next possession, we're going to show you kind of a pit identity on offense and what they like to try to do. And this is an example of it. It's a quick dribble handoff where the post guy will start on the ball side. And then what they'll do is they'll exchange on the weak side. And then on the hit, you know, you'll see the handoff guard, you know, who made the initial handoff is sprinting through baseline. The guard who got the initial handoff caught it and hit the exchange guy coming high. Then there's a fade on this weak side. And if you break down on this fade, you know, look, it's, it's not as easy to defend this action because there's screening action on both sides of the floor occurring and the ball is kind of in a position where it's towards the center. Here, though, they just kind of, you know, look at it and they they just kind of play off that baseline runner back to a dribble handoff. And you can see as he's coming back off to the top how fast he's coming. And here it turns into a ball screen where he rolls to the basket, and now they initiate a switch where you have a one-man, uh, in this case it was Xavier Johnson with the ball, with a 6'11", five-man. And again, without proper help, one pass away here uh, in terms of the positioning of the defenders, this five-man is on an island, and again, he just makes a move to the basket and just finishes at the rim. Through that offensive execution, great recognition at recognizing the switch uh, on a, with a five-man guarding a one and a very, very cerebral, savvy play by their point guard driving the ball to the basket. In this next possession, you're going to see a little counter uh, to the, on that initial action. So here comes the dribble handoff to the exchange. You'll see the guard who actually made the initial handoff is sprinting through the baseline. On this exchange or a screen uh, on the weak side, you know, there's obviously occupying, they're occupying the defense. And then the guard who came off the handoff recognizes that his man is taking a path over the top of this. And so what happens is he just comes underneath the basket. And now it's probably a really hard guard for this Minnesota defender in the middle who's lost contact. He's lost sight of him and he's anticipating him coming out the other side he just comes off almost like a replacing himself um could have been a rescreen but the minnesota defender was even so high that the pit offensive big didn't even need to get him and he just sets his feet rhythm three-point shot great execution great counter off that action and a lot of that had to do with how minnesota was playing it credit to coach capel and his staff uh, for recognizing that. Um, going through the personnel, going through the players that they have on the roster, the youth, the length, the versatility, the defensive mindset and everything. But looking forward as this team bells grows together, what can we expect out of this Pittsburgh program this season uh, as we move forward? Well, Jamie, Pitt's been hit hard with transfers. 
uh, obviously losing a kid to the Champagne, to the NBA draft also. So this is a team that's still very much a work in progress uh, and trying to take on the identity of a coach capable and staff coach team uh, in terms of getting after you on the defensive end of the floor. What sticks out for me to me right now is the fact that they're holding teams to 42% from the field in terms of field goal percentage defense, which is really good. Um, where they need to get better is, uh, again, you know, we talked about their shooting rules. They're only at 26% from the three. So that's something that's going to get, you know, they're going to have to get better. But when you look at a roster that's changed like this roster has, uh, guys' uh, roles have changed, um, new players coming in, trying to adjust to the style. Um, this is a team that's going to get better and better. And I say that because, as we both know, Jamie, defense travels. Pittsburgh is a team that is built to defend one through five with versatility, with physicality, uh, and with a mindset that every possession for them, is it, it matters. And there we have it, Pittsburgh, for the 2021-2022 season. We went through their personnel. We went through their players. We went through their play style, identities, what they're trying to do, what they could grow into for the season. If you enjoyed that, make sure you go back and listen to all of the previous ACC that we've done. This is the final installment of the ACC. We've done every single team in the ACC. So make sure you go check all of that out on the breakdown. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it be the podcast or the YouTube channel, comment below. Who's your favorite Pittsburgh player of all time, your favorite Pittsburgh memory. We want to hear from you, what you think about this Pittsburgh team moving forward. We want this to be interactive and and have you uh, comment uh, below as well. Um, But until next time, guys, make sure you still stay tuned because we're not done. We got through the ACC. Um, Now we still have more podcasts to come. We're going to have more stuff uh, to show you as well, analysis and everything. So make sure that you stay tuned after you subscribe to the breakdown for Scott Spinelli. I am Jamie Shaw. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.